Kevin and I are here at the American Humanist Association conference, and we're here with Julia Sweeney, and I'm very excited about it, and her daughter, Milan. Thank you so much for joining us. Sure, no problem. Um, I'm being relaxed and chill yes. and regular. I'm such a big fan of yours. <laughs> Hammett, you ask a thing. <laughs> no, it's been... Uh, I was telling Jessica earlier, I, so the first time I got to meet you in person and Milan was about 10 years ago at a conference way overseas, and it was yes. wonderful in Reykjavik. Yes. Um, but so I've seen you do so many things since then that I, I read your blog, which is fun because I get great movie <laughs> recommendations. Um, you just came out with uh, a book maybe a year or two ago about essays uh, or a book yes. about motherhood. Yes, and stuff. it's called um, If It's Not One Thing, It's Your Mother. <laughs> and it was really just about sort of my journey to becoming a mom and being a mom. So, What sort of <laughs> feedback? Because that, that is a different sort of book than uh, something very specifically like comedy-oriented. It's humorous, right. but it's something very different. What sort of feedback did you get from people who know you well for that sort of book? Oh, well, you know what? It's really... Um, well, I got a lot of positive feedback. People seem to really like it. But it kind of unnerved me, actually, writing the book, because it was so personal. And um, for some reason, there was this period of time in my life where it was okay to talk about everything that happened to me, or I didn't even <laughs> think of it as being okay or not. I just did it. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote that book, and I became... And I'm really proud of that book, really proud, um, especially a few chapters in it that were really meaningful to write. One that included my mother-in-law that was really powerful. Um, but now it's almost like I did it and then I turned into this other person who couldn't believe that I would share so much about my personal life. Yeah. And now I'm kind of horrified by the fact that I did it. Like I'm, I appreciate it. I did my best job on it, but I doubt I'll ever do that again. Yeah. I mean, I find <laughs> a lot um, that there are things that I would feel weirdly comfortable saying on a stage or like in right. a book than I would to like my husband or my family like it's just something easier to put it in like a story or something like that is that your experience too well the thing about the book I mean I guess when I'm on stage I say it and it's like the wind it just yeah. kind of goes away and even if I film it I guess somehow psychologically I feel like that <laughs> but a book it's like a book That's permanent that feels more you know forever <laughs> And Milan, when you saw that book, did it accurately describe what you were thinking as well? Mm, kind of. <laughs> she bends the truth a lot. <laughs> so what aspects of the book did you read that you're like, wait, that's not how I recall that situation? I just think some things were just a bit exaggerated. Like, there are some stories about me, but, you know, it was from so long ago that, like, it's okay. <laughs> so hopefully, so the exaggerations were all in I the best say, interest. It is true that I left out a lot of boring stuff. <laughs> but, and so I collapsed a lot of funnier stuff together. And that may seem like an exaggeration, but really it's more the craft of writing. Yeah, that's just how writing works. Everybody knows that. That's an excellent excuse. Okay. That's a <laughs> um, so you had a one-woman show, Letting Go of God, yes. which was remarkable. And obviously you lay out your entire story there. One of my favorite parts was, um, too, was talking about um, when you became of age right. and you were now responsible for the sin of the man or whatever it was. Yes. And telling your brother that there's no Santa Claus? <laughs> yes, I did. Well, I found out on the same day that I found out my birthday wasn't my right birthday, I found out that um, I really wasn't turning seven on the day I thought. I was 
it turned out that I was, my mother had lied about my birthday. So I knew, well, I found out that there was this thing called the age of reason, but which I didn't find out about until the day that it was over for me, in my mind, because you could do anything you wanted up to age seven, and then after that you were accountable. So I found out about it too late. I found out about it on my seventh birthday. So I thought I was doing a service to my brother Bill to tell him that he had a whole year and a half, actually, to do anything he wanted until he turned seven, and he wasn't accountable to God for it. And then he didn't react very... It didn't seem like it was very important to him. And then, in anger, I told him there was no Santa Claus. So cruel. (laughs) So I would love to hear about... So obviously we're on SNL. Um, I would love to hear your experiences about being a woman in comedy, especially in a time where there weren't that many around. You mean back then, yeah. uh, SNL? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. I guess you kind of, or I, one, or myself, I, I mean, you're in a culture and you barely understand what the uh. culture is. But yeah, when I was on the show, there were three women and like 10 guys. And you know, at the time, I kind of thought it was great because I thought I got more attention. Sure. You know, it's like, it's a complicated thing because mm-hmm. at least on that show, the comedy was so guy-centric, and mm-hmm. there were so few parts for women. And if there was a funny part for a woman, it meant that either I had to write it or, you know, like, yeah. there's some, like, David Spade wrote a couple of great sketches. For, like, it wasn't, like, absolutely like that. But for sure. the most part, I would say 90% of the time, if it was a funny woman character, the woman had to write it mm-hmm. or compete with other people to be cast for it. And then usually there was just sort of the moms and the girlfriends and the politicians and so forth. So... And now I feel bad about that like, when I look back on it. Like when Lauren talked about adding a bunch of women, mm-hmm. and he did that, he told us that as a threat. I mean, it wasn't like, add, here's some great news, women. we're about to add more women. And I really hoped he wouldn't. And now when I look back on it, I think that makes me sad that I even thought that. On the other hand, I was just competing for very small available space. Yeah. Do you think... Uh, do you think being on the show made you a better writer? Because since the show, you've done so much writing and you're known for your, your writing. Uh, is it that competitive atmosphere that made you better or was it something else that gave you that, that helped you strengthen that craft? I think it was something else, even though I have so many fun memories of writing there. And I'm not saying I didn't get better writing there. I did. I learned a lot. But the kind of writing I did later really wasn't that kind of writing. I mean, sketch writing is really different. Sure. And even though Letting Go of God has a lot of laughs in it, it it's still not sketch writing. Right. And so I would say no, I didn't really, even though I love doing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Mulan, I had a question for you. Uh, so you've, you've grown up with people asking your mom questions like this stuff. Yeah. Do you have any interest in theater or anything like that? What sort of extracurricular? You're in high school now. What yeah. year are you? I'm... I just going finished sophomore in, year, so I'm okay. going into junior year. So what sort of extracurriculars are you doing? And are they anything compatible with what Julia Not does? Not in particular, no. I do, like, piano and dance. But, like, I don't know. I've never really been into, like, acting or writing. You know, I was a dance minor in college, so... Skills salt. she uses well on the show. <laughs> I, do you know Salt Creek Ballet? You're familiar with that at all? I've heard of it. Yeah. That's where I, it doesn't matter. It's not interesting. <laughs> Nobody cares. Um, so, what do you, what's your thoughts for the future? You want to stay in the arts, or are you? Um, 
I guess it's like a really fun as like extracurricular, and I'd want to like keep going with like because it's like a fun thing. But I feel like not really for a career. No, no. That's so funny because my dad was like business guy Magoo, and I was always like, I want to be a writer and a comedian. And you have like a mom who is a writer and an artist, and you're like, maybe business would be more practical. <laughs> yeah. uh, I heard the uh, what? Sorry. I remember listening to, uh, you were on WTF not too long ago, which was really oh, yeah. interesting to uh-huh. listen to. What was your experience going to that show and uh, kind of rehashing so much of what you went through? Well, first of all, I love Mark Maron so yeah. much. So, and it was really fun to go to his garage, the famous garage, <laughs> to see his house. Yeah. And, um, and it's really intimate feeling there. I mean, like, his, in his garage, you're really, like, in his house. And, you know, it's so funny because I... He's really obsessed with SNL, you know, he Mark Maron is. I mean, like, he's really, like... A little bit. Like, I was more like, Mark, you really spend way too much time thinking about <laughs> Lauren Michaels. Like, like, it's really, you know, there's so many things to think about. <laughs> As if SNL was the only goal he had Right, and... You're doing the podcast. You're doing fine. I know, exactly. <laughs> you can, like, you can like on. anyone on SNL who is you now would feel like this was the best outcome possible. <laughs> yeah. So... You didn't need us in L. You know, like, look what you did. You did something even better or, diff- you know, like... And so I, it was interesting to go through it with somebody who cared so much about it. But the, but it was also interesting because I really don't care about it anymore. Like, yeah. and, and I also... Well, it's just like we could talk an hour about it. That would be really boring. But I didn't care about it that much when I was even there. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I did care about it. It's a job. It. It's a cool yeah, job. Yeah, like, I was excited about it. Yeah. But it didn't, um, well, I can't say it didn't haunt my dreams, because I still have SNL dreams. But <laughs> my feelings of being successful or not really weren't that te- pegged to SNL. And so... I didn't really care that much uh, about what, you know, Lauren thought. And so then to meet somebody who's basically spent their whole adult life thinking about that. And, and I love Mark Maron. Right. I love Mark Maron. But it was just, and I, I think he's not the only one. There's lots of people like him. Yeah. And I think especially for guys. In some ways, I think it's more for guys. I, like, there's something very male and competitive and hierarchical about his obsession about that show and Lauren in particular that I don't find with women sitting around saying I had to be approved of by Lauren Michaels and he didn't as someone who listens to a show regularly I feel like had he gotten cast that probably would have ruined him in some way like no the drive was still alive because he didn't get there it's almost like some people have to have a broken heart in order to learn how to love yeah maybe that's like Mark Maron because (laughs) because he needed that bitter disappointment that was so deep and also so long-lasting to kind of ferment the stuff inside him into the wonderful person he's become. But he still hasn't let up about it. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Um, Of all the things you've written uh, since uh, in the past decade or so, which ones are, uh, I'm sure they all have special meaning to you in different ways. What really stands out? What are you most proud of? Letting go of God, for sure. I'm most proud of, I have to say. And why is that? Is that the show well, that the resonated? Yeah. Well, it definitely resonated way more than I expected. And it was a really hard nut to crack. And it took me like four years to really crack the nut of it. Because I, at first I set this task for myself that I was going to do a show with no action at all. It was like a philosophical discussion of like, 
it's like the drama all took place in my head. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, that's true. But I did realize that you do have to have some action. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but it took me a really long time to get it right. And, and then when I got it right, I still didn't even understand that it was that good. Like, I, I thought it was good. I mean, I'm not trying to oversell it either. But I you just, never know what the reaction's going to be right. when you're writing it. And also... It. That was 2004 when I opened it, so that's 12 years ago. And now, I've, for those, especially for the last years, I've been writing at home, and I have another project I'm writing on. But um, you know, my life became much less public and much less about performing, and and it's given me all this time to sort of reflect on my career because I didn't, you know, you get to be in your 50s and you're like, well, what did I do? You know, like, and what? how did I contribute or how did I not or what was my expectations? And I guess at this time, when I look back on it, I think that's the best thing I've ever done, that show. What do you, the two of you like to do when you're together? How do you, how oh, do you, you bond? How do you spend time? What do we like to do? Oh. We, have, we just sewing class? Oh, yeah, sewing. <laughs> we used to do a lot of knitting together. Yes, we took knitting classes for a long time. We like watching Jane Austen films. Oh, yeah, we love our Jane Austen Which films. Which ones, specifically? Well, we love Sense and Sensibility. We love the six-hour miniseries of... just about Yes, Pride and Prejudice. That. That's definitely the best. Yeah. Pride and Prejudice. Pride. Oh, and we like yeah, Bride we and Prejudice, the Bollywood yeah. version. Um, My people, thank you. And we love George Eliot, and we love George Eliot miniseries, including especially... Middlemarch. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, Mulan just said, because she just got out of school, Mom, I think it's about time for another Middlemarch. (laughs) Because it's about like a 10-hour miniseries on the BBC (laughs) from 1992. And you can binge watch it now and just go straight through. Yeah, about two or three days. Yeah, it takes us about two or three days. We go through Middlemarch. If you're a better person at the end. Did you guys watch um, BBC? Oh, I lost it. I lost it. BBC, British, Maggie Smith. Oh, Downton Abbey. Thank you. That I feels like... No? We, don't, we watch it. We watch it. Yeah, I liked it more than my mom. <laughs> I felt like when you have uh, George Eliot, why do you have to make up Downton Abbey? <laughs> That's very true. What do, you, what do you consider the best writing on TV right now? Oh, Oh, my mom can. But we were just discussing in the car. Yeah. Silicon Valley. On that. So yeah. We we were re-watching, re-binge watching. We did. We started again from the first season and binge watched two seasons of it over the last weekend. I, I haven't seen it, but I saw. It. Cover your ears. I saw the one clip of the uh, the 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 dick joke theory of. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We just watched. Oh, my God. In fact, Mulan has a boyfriend who came to visit us, and we thought he would like Silicon Valley. I totally forgot about that part of it. And, like, we're watching it, and I'm like, oh, maybe we should. Like, it's so funny. I don't even think of that. As a former math teacher, I'm like, this is a good problem. And then after that came out, some, I think, at at MIT, they literally published the paper that said, here's the actual math behind what they're talking about. Oh, my God. And it totally checks out. Futurama used to do that. I don't know if you... I love Futurama, but they would do whole math equations on the board, and they were absolutely correct. And just, like, they hired some math nerds on. They're like, sure, I can do a theoretical equation of, like, body switching, and that's the episode. It's like... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love it. I've seen a couple episodes of Futurama, but I haven't. But then the other show we love is... Oh, Veep? Veep we love. Love it. I you love it. Oh, you love it. I thought you were going to say, no, I hate no, no, no. that show. I hate it so much. I hate oh my God. Did you see the mom, the mother one two like episodes ago? Behind. Okay. 
the episode, the last episode actually wasn't that good, which is unusual for them. But the episode before that one is the best they've ever done when her mother dies. It's the funniest thing. Do I need to watch this show now? Yes, you need to watch oh. it and then watch it five times every episode. Mike? He's never seen Star Wars. Okay, and I've never just, seen Star Wars. Well, I did. We finally got Star Wars and we watched it, didn't we? We, we watched it. And I was like, what? This is really? Oh, Seriously? No, listen, this is husband, what it's all about? My I husband mean, is a diehard Star Wars fan and I did a 10-minute stand-up comedy bit about how bad it is. <laughs> yes. Which, which he didn't okay. necessarily appreciate. I agree with that. Yeah, it's... Not My correct. television diet consists of like sports and Survivor for no oh. good reason, <laughs> other than it's the best show oh. ever. I know what I want to ask. So, um, one of your best known characters on SNL was Pat, which to me is the what? <laughs> Am I wrong? Did I get the wrong person? We just watched the f- movie. So I was... Whoa, whoa, whoa! Have you not? Wait, wait, wait. Have you not seen the movie yet? I saw it when I was four. Right. Okay. So you long time ago. Did I don't think you did see yes, it when I you were did. four. I, I remember. I always thought Chris was a. Oh, you did. Okay, so wait, wait. Give her the microphone for a second. <laughs> so you watch... Yeah, I've seen it before. So you're what, 16 now? Yes. Okay, so you watch Pat for the first... You watch yes. It's Pat for the first time like, since you were like yes, four. Yesterday. What were your thoughts about it? I, I thought it like it looked like a lot of fun to make. Yeah. I really saw through that. That's a very nice wave. <laughs> no, it looked... <laughs> oh, I really do. I could watch it and I could see that. You had so much you fun. Did you watch it? Fun. Did you watch it together? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So are you providing commentary as this is going? Yes, okay, yes. yeah. <laughs> well, and also, because there's so many people in it, like my dad's in it, who's dead, and my brother's in it, who's dead. There's, there's so many people who's dead in it, actually. And I'd be like, oh, this guy, you know, Charlie Rocket is so funny. He was so funny. He slit his throat. He slit his own throat. <laughs> Only two years after. Yeah. I'm um, during the movie while I'm trying to watch it. Well, it's one of my favorite characters because it's one of those things that the joke isn't, is Pat a man or a woman? The joke is that nobody can handle it. Like right. nobody can handle the ambiguity. Thank you so much. Because You're so, so many people don't get that. <laughs> I that's <laughs> people do don't understand that that's a joke. Like, do you think this would be a big if the movie came out today in all the transgender stuff we're talking about? Do you think it'd be okay. uh, more controversial? More what, no, what would in the a way. Be this is I have to say when we were watching it. Now I realize I've literally grabbed the microphone from my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she knows what she got into. I know. <laughs> First of all, it's not a very good movie. It really is not a good movie. But I wish we could remake it now because I feel like I would have a much more mature understanding of how to do how to pull off yeah. what's funny about this character now. And I feel like the big mistake we made was concentrating too much on Pat's personality and t- too little on people reacting to Pat. And we still had people reacting to Pat, but we didn't follow it through in the way that I thought, think we could have to make it really successful. Mm-hmm. We had this idea that Pat was so oblivious, Pat's self was so yeah. oblivious, <laughs> that, and there was a lot of comedy from that, but I think it was confusing comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, that part of it just added a layer of, uh, that was unnecessary. Let me go back for a second. Who's, who decided to watch the movie? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Well, my mom, when I'm home from school, she she has us watch a movie every day. Yeah. Well, if she but, tries. But was your mom saying, you know what movie we could watch tonight? Okay. Yeah. Or... Um, <laughs> I'll tell you why. <laughs> She's going to take it from me again now. I suggested it. Because I wanted her to watch two movies before she went to camp. Okay. I said, you never have to watch it again, B. Just First of all, as I said, I didn't even know she'd ever seen It's Pat. Right. <laughs> so I just wanted to see it once. And also, my husband has not seen It's Pat. Oh, okay. And... 
it's like I suddenly re- and he's never even read my book. Like I realized, and then I thought, my I read, family. I read the book. I read the book. I can you vouch for myself is, here. Don't listen to this podcast. Okay. She doesn't read anything I do. It's all good. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That, I don't care about that. Um, and I thought, okay, that's okay. They don't have to be interested in my past life. But um, but I wanted Mulan once to see its pat before she left for college and went out into the world. And Stuart saves his family with Elle Franken, who's oh a God. friend and who is so lovely. And I had so much fun on that movie. So I said, the two movies I want you to watch before you go to camp next week are It's Pat and Stuart saves his family. And that's how it came up. Okay, okay. And then because It's Pat was only 75 minutes, we voted for that one first. <laughs> okay. It's only 75 minutes? I know. Like, we had to cut it anyway. It's a whole sad story. Anyway, yeah, it is. Okay, I'm giving this back. <laughs> well, to get back to why I think it's a cool concept, is, I'm sorry, it, um, is that I, I feel like it's held up as you can make jokes about racism or something like that as long as you're, the joke is about the racist person. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Or ableism right. or this. And I think I've always kind of used that as an example of like, it, the joke wasn't that Pat was androgynous. Like, that's not, that was the premise. The right. joke was like, People lost their minds right. because they couldn't figure them out. They'll and go to great lengths to yeah. figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I guess that, I always thought that was the funniest thing about Pat. And even though I, like last fall or the fall before last, whenever it was that I did Pat on the Jay show. Two falls ago. Two you falls did? ago. Yes, on Halloween. And Matt Lauer <laughs> got dressed up as Pat and we did a whole oh my God. Pat <laughs> thing in the mirror. Oh, good. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we had a lot of discussions about Pat, and that's what we talked about. Like, it's not... Because I actually had an idea where Pat goes to a gay pride parade, <laughs> and then the gay people at the gay pride parade are so confused by Pat. You know, to me, that... If I was on SNL now, that's what I'd be doing. Yeah. Like, the, like Somewhere the, there's a Target bathroom. Like it isn't, and it isn't really... It's just like, oh, whoa, okay... <laughs> But then we didn't do that. We just did the Marx Brothers thing. But anyway. Um, and what was what was your reaction as you're watching the movie with commentary added? I, yeah, I liked it. It was, <laughs> no, I'm not laughing. I'm just laughing because she's laughing. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was like a really fun movie. Yeah. And Julia, what was your reaction to watching your daughter? <laughs> I was really thinking this movie is really bad. <laughs> like I watch a lot of movies and it's really... Not a good movie. Like it's But I imagine so I imagine you're not watching the movie at all. You're just watching her reaction the whole time. No, no, no I wasn't. Oh, no, really? I was really watching it because I haven't seen it for in a while. No, I haven't seen it since we moved to uh, here, so ten years at least, and I don't even know when I would have seen it in fifteen years. Like I guess you say you saw it. I don't know how that happened. But anyway, <laughs> um maybe it was on TV or something. Something. I know I've seen it. Okay. But anyway, I was watching it really trying to think about how I could have written such a bad movie. <laughs> and um, and I also, the, the performer in me was trying to figure out how to fix it, yeah. you know, still. And then, um, and also I was just remembering all those people and where my life was at that moment. Yeah. So it was like a trip down memory lane for me. Yeah. What was the genesis of that character? Where'd that come from? I did it at the Groundlings, this improv group. And I was going to say here. No, in Los Angeles. (laughs) Other here. Yeah, other here in Los Angeles. (laughs) Um, And I developed there. I had a co-worker who was sort of obnoxious like Pat. And then there was this other woman who had these other constantly asking me out to lunch and invading my space all the time. 
And I sort of combined them to come up with that. <laughs> what? And your mom. And my mom. Yeah. Your mom? Well, not, well a little. A little. <laughs> Maybe a little. I'm curious about your... Uh, so right now, as we're recording this, they just released the second trailer for the new Ghostbusters film. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I am too. Even I though, you know, I didn't so really like Ghostbusters. Good. I know. Everybody... You can go on record. <laughs> I mean, I... I don't, you know, I do have a real, in fact, that's my latest theme of my self-thinking, is that I'm so much weirder than, of the mainstream than I thought, and if I had just embraced that earlier, (laughs) you know, like, and said, okay, I just don't like mainstream movies, like, I don't, like, I didn't really like the Blues Brothers, I didn't really like Ghostbusters, like, I didn't. Like no, I mean it's not like I couldn't stand it. No, it wasn't your. It was just more like with you. It didn't make you laugh. I wouldn't have gone to it unless I was around people who were working. Yeah. With it or you know, it's not really my thing. Uh, I've realized I barely like movies. My husband is a <laughs> diehard movie fan. I can't. I can't focus long enough. I don't know what's wrong. I can. The my brother can, just told me that yesterday. I, that he feels that way. I can watch seven episodes of a show in a row, but for some reason you sit me down in a movie, I'm like, oh my God, it's so long. 75 minutes, who has time for that? <laughs> no, I understand. I think that's how most people feel now. Yeah. I think that's common. Um, but what do you think about this reaction to, that's clearly misogynistic about like, oh, you're ruining my childhood and women are doing things and I hate it. <laughs> okay, this is where I really am withdrawing from the world. <laughs> Okay, the reaction is so crazy over the top against it that when the trailer came out, I think, I could be wrong on this, I think it has the most down votes on YouTube in history. For no reason, it's not like the trailer's bad. First of I all, think people are just voicing some weird you sense know, of opposition. Bridesmaids, I thought, was hilarious. Hilarious. I thought that was hilarious. I yes. watched that like four times, didn't I? Oh I my think, God, I, I think, love Bridesmaids so much. I don't much. watch movies as we t- I've seen Bridesmaids okay. four times. And Paul Feig wrote and directed that. Yes. And he is the director of this. I don't see how it's going to be <laughs> terrible. I mean, I think it's going to be really funny. And I'll bet anything that I like it better than the original. I think it, even the, I think the trailer itself is just symbolic for what people want to but make it was it really Ghostbusters was so iconic and important in people's lives that if it's I mean, recast with women, no. it upsets their. It, I mean, also, why would you be even upset by that? Well, also we're talking about like men in their. I'm going to say primarily men in their 30s and 40s who they feel like everything they have is like quote unquote being taken away. Which like by the way, they're not like burning all the copies of the old one. I, I was thinking it's more like 20 year olds in their mama's basement. But I, I mean, 20 year olds, I mean, it was, it came out 20 years ago. I mean, it's got to oh, be yeah. more it's, like 40 years old. I don't think I mean, the haters their... are people who are like, it ruined my, or Ghostbusters. Okay, what was if there childhood. was like, there's a movie that has all women in it that, like, just think of anything. Oh what I, if, I like, think they'll downvote whatever you're like, about uh, to say. You know, the women, which is way too old. But I mean, and then they made it the men and they recast it. I wouldn't go, oh, that's an outrage. Yeah. I would just say, oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I can't, that'll be you an interesting take on that. I. I don't know. I mean, but like when Mad Max came out, their most recent Mad Max, yeah. which by the way, hated. I'm the only person I know who hated that movie. I, but I haven't seen a lot of the ones in between. I saw the first two and then I saw this Mad Max Fury Road. Did you like it? Well, see? But I don't know see? if it's the whole Mad Max thing. This is my thing. When somebody defies the natural order of laws. I mean, like, so when somebody's thrown from a truck and they tumble 50 times over and their leg gets crunched under a thing and then they stand up again and run, I can't... Like, what are we doing now? ...participate in that movie anymore. I mean, like, because now 
It doesn't have the laws of physics anymore. Right. What universe I mean, like, is this? Now, that doesn't mean that people can't float around in sci-fi, but then it has its own logic Obey about your... obeying the thing. But mm-hmm. when somebody's beat up that bad and, and then, then gets up again, mm-hmm. I don't understand how to react to that My movie. problem was I, I can take or leave <laughs> action movies. I'm fine with them. But there was no character development. There was very little dialogue. And the scene was the same thing. It was... 90 minutes of a desert. Like, I don't, I don't have time for that. I shit. She's swearing pretty <laughs> That's all right. I, I, she hears like it. you said, I don't get the people who are so obsessed that they get that mad about these oh, sorts of things. The reason I brought that up is because men got really mad that, like, it was a feminist hero and, like, feminism is taking over. Are men so vulnerable yes. that if their movie yes. icons change gender, they are discombobulated yes. by it? Like, I don't. On the internet? Yes. Apparently, it's very sad. I'm just trying to think of my favorite movie. If are your friends or people you know at school? Do they? I know what internet culture is like a little bit because I spend all my time online. Because I'm on the internet professionally. Do you experience that in high school now? I don't know. Do you have? uh, Do the people you know in school, high school teenage boys, act like the people I see on the internet? Which is to say, crazy. <laughs> I I don't really talk to boys at my good school answer, very good answer, good answer. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't know. Maybe my mom would know better. <laughs> I don't. She's very intense. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even visit her school. <laughs> that's that's a that's a good. No, I know. After her good. freshman year, well, actually, after junior high, yeah. when I did the Friday lunches. That was the end of my participation. <laughs> did, did you tell her not to come to anything anymore? No. There was nothing for you to go to. Yeah. They really don't want the parents around after, yeah. after junior high. I understand And the that. kids don't want them there. The, parents, the teachers don't want them there. Nobody wants the parents there. I still coach a team at a high school, like a public speaking speech competitive team. And all the parents come at the beginning of the season, and we're all, they're all wanting to know, when can we see our kids perform? Don't. Right. They don't want you there. Right. Oh, the whole idea a... of performing is that your parents aren't going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you're ruining the one great thing about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Let them act weird without you Right, there. exactly. When I started doing stand-up, my folks were weirdly too supportive, like, in, in a way that they would come to a lot of my stand-up shows, which is nice, but I sometimes did jokes about my mom that my right. brother was not super thrilled, but they did hear me get to do a really tasteful abortion joke, so... <laughs> Now they know, question mark? <laughs> it was weird. I don't know. Okay, are we going to wrap this up? Okay. You guys, thank you so much for your time. This thank was you. so exciting for me. Made my whole day. I'm about to drive down to Kentucky to hang out with my friend. We're going to watch uh, Gilmore Girls all weekend, but I'm going to watch It's Pat tonight. And no, I'm don't. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to. Don't do it. It's gonna be, there's going to be wine involved. It's really it's terrible. Wonderful. Oh, I can't <laughs> okay. wait. If you ever do it again, if you could record the commentary... And just right. send an MP3 to Jessica. Okay. <laughs> I would watch it so many times. <laughs> thank you both so much. All Congrats right, on you. finishing thank sophomore you. year. <laughs>